Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where the life of Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading today from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God that is in Corinth, together with all the saints who are everywhere in Achaia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our trouble, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the same comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, so through Christ our comfort also overflows. If we are troubled, it is for your comfort and salvation." If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you the ability to endure the same sufferings that we are also suffering. Our hope for you is sure, since we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so you also share in our comfort. Brothers, we do not want you to be unaware of the trouble that happened to us in the province of Asia. We were burdened so greatly, so far beyond our ability to bear it, that we even gave up hope of living. Yes, we even felt the sentence of death within ourselves. This happened so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God, who raises the dead. He rescued us from such a terrible death, and he will continue to rescue us. We have set our hope on him that he will also rescue us again, as you join in helping us with your prayers for us. Then many people will thank God for the gracious gift given to us through many prayers. Indeed, this is our boast. Our conscience testifies that we have conducted ourselves in the world with God-given holiness and sincerity, not with the wisdom of the flesh, but rather in God's grace, especially toward you. In fact, we are not writing to you anything other than what you read or also understand, and I hope you will understand it completely, as you have also understood us in part, that on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are going to be your reason for boasting, just as you are our reason." In this confidence, I was planning to visit you first, so that you would have a second gracious gift. Then I planned to travel from you on to Macedonia, and to return again from Macedonia to you, to receive help from you on my way to Judea. So when I made this plan, did I not do it lightly? I did not. On the other things I plan, am I planning them the same way the sinful flesh does, so that I would be saying both yes, yes, and no, no at the same time? As surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is preached among you by us, by me, Silas, and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him the yes stands firm. In fact, as many promises as God has made, they have always been yes in him. For that reason, we also say amen through him to the glory of God. God is the one who makes both us and you to be strong in Christ. He anointed us. He sealed us as his own and gave us the Spirit as the down payment in our hearts. I call God as my witness on my very life that I avoided coming to Corinth in order to spare you, not that we are lording it over your faith, but we are working together with you for your joy, for you stand firm by faith. This is the word of our God. 
As we begin 2 Corinthians, we'll get into the history over the next couple of days, and I'm sure also in the Thirsty podcast as well, because some of the history can be a little confusing and perhaps even convoluted. Not that this is a difficult letter to understand, but some of the attendant details that were well known to Paul and to the Corinthians um, are a little bit more difficult to reconstruct based on the text. It is obvious that Paul, toward the end of this chapter, he talks about his travel plans and how he had to change those travel plans. Um, and so there's this there's this impression that the Corinthians are a little bit irritated with Paul or disappointed in Paul or using Paul's change of plans to try to discredit him. And anyway, we will cover that as the, as the book goes on. And what we really see here, especially in chapter one, is the ministry under the God of all comfort that the ministry with which God has entrusted Paul is pure grace, and the grace of God sustains him in it. Paul designates himself as an apostle by the will of God, that divine will which has made him the bearer and the bringer of God's grace and peace to people. And he opens with the thanksgiving to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has comforted him and delivered him from the deadly peril in the province of Asia, where they feared and despaired even of life, where God had given him comfort in order that he might be able to comfort others in the strength thus given to him, the strength that relies solely and completely on the God who raises the dead. That is the comfort that Paul talks about. And there's that, there's that verse or two right there in the beginning paragraphs, um, verses six, especially five and six, I suppose, for just as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, so through Christ, our comfort also overflows. If we are troubled, it is for your comforted comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you the ability to endure the same sufferings that we are also suffering. And that is all in the context of thanksgiving to the Father of all mercies and the God of all comforts, who comforts us in all trouble so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the same comfort with which, with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And when he's talking about that comfort, he's talking about the peace and the security, the, the sense of well-being and the confidence that Jesus is for you, <laughs> that Jesus has died for you, that Jesus continues to watch over you, that he will he will guard you and keep you, um, even even during the, the grief moments of life, as well as the happy moments of life, as well as the hazardous or even dangerous moments of life. It is our Christian confidence that really nothing bad can happen to me since Jesus has forgiven my sin and he has promised me heaven. And even if I were to pass away in a moment of extreme duress um, in, in some disastrous situation, even if that were the case, we have the comfort of the forgiveness of sins, of life and salvation. And that is what Paul really talks about. Um, he kind of goes off on this, this discussion of thanksgiving, especially down here in verse 11. As you join in helping us with your prayers for us, then many people will thank God for the gracious gift given to us through many prayers. That prayer has an effect, that God listens and God acts, that God would continue to protect and bless Paul in the ministry. 
And then the second half of this chapter um, is taken up again in chapter two. It kind of talks about his change in plans and how the divine triumph of the ministry continues on, that the grace of Paul's apostolic ministry made his life a life full of agonizing stress. He had to endure the malice of people who misinterpreted his letters and tried to use those letters as grounds to discredit him. That's what we'll talk about, especially as we go into second Corinthians here, that people would try to use his his letters where he said this is what he planned to do as a way to discredit him by saying oh but look at what he did or look at what he didn't do and so these these men in Corinth had tried to misinterpret what Paul was saying and Paul had really changed his plans as an effort to spare the church as he says in verse 23 I call God as my witness on my very life that I avoided come to Corinth in order to spare you not that we are lording it over your faith, but we are working together with you for your joy, for you stand firm by the faith. And the grace of God, which Paul proclaims, is grace that has triumphed, that Paul will stand vindicated eventually here as the one who proclaims Christ, and who in God, every answer is yes in him. And so what do we learn from this introduction? Perhaps there is the basic putting the best construction on things and being very understanding when things have to change. And perhaps it is a little bit more broad, recognizing that we can pray for one another and encourage one another and tell them that we are praying for them, as well as having this attitude of thanksgiving to our God for all that he has done and continues to do. But then finally, there's also the attitude of of generalized thanksgiving and the recognition that Jesus has brought you into a body of believers who, yes, suffer together, and yes, comfort one another. And so the sufferings that you have undergone are something that God can use to demonstrate his grace and that you can talk about in comforting one another. So as you go about your day, think of somebody who maybe need some comfort that you haven't seen in a while. Think of somebody who has undergone a loss of some sort or is experiencing grief of some sort and reach out to them. Pray to pray for them. Pray to the Lord for them and reach out to them with the comfort of Jesus to say, dear friend, I care about you. And how are you doing? Dear friend, did you know that our Lord continues to watch out for you and have good things in store for you? Most of all, he has forgiven you, given you life and salvation through his son, and I'm here as a fellow Christian to share that comfort with you. Thanks so much for joining us. God bless your day.